Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills From Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, and with my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, certainly better than I was last week. So that flu that I thought I had turned out to be COVID, which was not much fun, I'm sure, for people that are listening and have also had it. And about five days of fever. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of still wish I was on my sick bed after watching last night's game, uh, which was a pretty unpleasant experience for, for us, especially here in the, on the other side of the Atlantic, which uh, time it finished about 10 past four or something like that. Mm. felt... Um, felt even more miserable uh, than normal because uh, you've lost a half a night's sleep as well. But yeah, not doing too bad. How are you doing? Yeah. No. Um, okay. I suppose, obviously, we're here to reflect on the uh, loss to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And there's a lot of things to talk about, like where this team are at the moment, like the state of the nation of this team, um, reflect on the game and where we think, you know, the direction is of this team moving forward. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're here to do today. Uh, and I don't know where you want to start. If we want to talk about, like, just the, the biggest items that we both got on our list, like the biggest areas of concern, I suppose. Yeah. There's not many things we liked from this performance, uh, <laughs> not many, clearly. No. Um, but we'll, we'll keep it concise, otherwise it might end up being like a self-help group. Yeah. I, I think I'll start off by by saying there's an awful lot of, you know, fuss on Twitter and things about the the run defense. And the run defense wasn't good. Let's be very clear. That's not the reason we lost this game. The reason we mm. lost the game is because of the offense. Um, I thought the play calling at times was really questionable. Um, I think some of the decision-making was really questionable. We even saw McDermott appeal a, a you know, a, a ball spot, which everybody with eyes could tell he was never going to get. Yeah, he probably didn't get it, but there was no evidence to show that he didn't get it. So what on earth he thought he was thinking there? So it, it felt like one of those games where the wheels came off a bit. Yet, bizarrely, we were still in this. And we were actually, I think we had a, still a really good shot of winning it with, what, minute and a half, two minutes to go. Yeah. Um, but those last two drives were absolute killers. Um, I think if Tyler Bass makes that field goal, we then maybe... We only a field goal short um, of, of being in the lead. And I, I wouldn't have fancied Matt Jones throwing the ball to try and win the game, you know, when, with what, a minute and a half left. So <laughs> even though it felt like a pretty rough experience, we were still in it. And I, to a certain extent, in a game like last night's, where the weather was so bad, and certainly at certain the earlier stages was really pretty blowy, you got to kind of just go, doesn't matter what it looks like, just win the game. And that's, I think, what's so frustrating to me is that we had multiple chances to win that game. Um, but it didn't happen for various reasons. And I felt that most of that was on a bit of play calling, a bit of execution. I didn't feel like there was an awful lot of people helping Josh out with, with, with great, great days. I thought the running game was pretty bad across mm. the piece, um, which... I guess we could have seen that coming. I mean, this, we know this offensive line is not brilliant in in uh, in moving people around, and especially not getting uh, you know gap runs going. Um, the yeah. passing game was always going to be a struggle in that, that kind of win. But that said, I thought Josh made some really nice passes. I mean, the stats are not going to show it up. But we basically lost to a team without a quarterback. They didn't need to play a quarterback. The Patriots. I mean, we only have three pass attempts, two completions. Yeah, and I think that's pretty embarrassing, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, I think that's my biggest thing is that we can get distracted as much as we like about the wrong defense, and it wasn't good, and it's what 
probably the third time this year we've seen it not good. But that's not why we lost this game. Um, no. Red, Red Sea on execution yet again. And um, it's very disappointing given given what was on offer there is go in as what the second would have been second seed uh, behind the Titans, um, go into the lead on the, in the division. And now it looks like it's going to be tough for us to, to hold on to wildcard spot. What were, yeah. what were your sort of major takeaways? Yeah, no, I completely agree with what you say, really. Like you reflect on the losses we've had this season and there's been common themes throughout all of the losses. Um, you know, we beat ourselves. It wasn't the other team beating us. You know, a number of factors in this game, like you've talked about lack of rushing attack, bad coaching decisions, poor discipline, questionable play calling, uh, difficulty stopping a run at, you know, at times during the season. They've all been things that showed up um, in the Pats' loss. Uh, last night and you know I think the major major area of concern that I have is the rushing attack Uh, we know football is one in the trenches our rushing attack against the Patriots and over the course of the season remains abject and below average Um, when you look at the lack of production rushing game if you take Josh Allen's rushing out of the equation our running backs had 19 rushes for 60 yards so barely three yards to carry. Um, and I just think, you know, that's a combination of a lack of talent, both interior, offensive line. We can't get the push like the Patriots got up front and running backs. Um, and really, I, I know I've said it before, but has any of these players um, in those positions, interior, offensive line, running backs, have they really shown signs of growth and development since they've been part of this organisation? Yeah, uh, you have to say n- not at all. If anything, I think Singletary's gone backwards from his first year. Yeah. I thought Zach Moss had a really bad game. Um, he seemed to go down at the first point of contact. He's had none of that sort of shiftiness to try and find a gap. Um, and with but, Zach Moss, sorry, just to cut yeah. you off there, we could, we should have won actually the game from him if he'd have taken that first and goal run on the outside and not rush it up the middle where there's three, three yep. Patriots defenders yep. to tackle him. We'd have won that game. That was a walk-in um, touchdown. Spencer Pan had a really good block on the outside. Just bad decision-making. and Yeah. Here's a weird, so okay, two other weird things about this run. And we know that this offensive line is not brilliant in opening up gaps, but... We've seen in the last couple of weeks, Matt Breeder attack the edge and do pretty well. He had one carry yesterday for three yards, one. Now, I know he had that fumble, and I think he then went on the, in the doghouse, but, but goodness, I mean, if you're McDermott, we can't be putting people in the doghouse in games like, <laughs> like last night. Everybody had made mistakes. Everybody had problems. And the reality is he's our fastest running back, and he got one carry. And not only that, we didn't use him in the passing game either, where he's also been pretty good. One reception for five yards. I mean, uh, what, I don't know what – that, that just blows my mind. And our best running back, as always, is Josh Allen. What, six carries for averaging uh, six and a half yards a carry – I thought was massively underused. I thought there was times yeah. when he should have been used way more, especially attacking uh, the edge and, and trying to make it to the to the sideline um, on some of those sort of um, third and sort of four, third and fifth, third and fives. Um, that would have opened up the passing game potentially for us a little bit earlier when we had to force it towards the end. Instead, it just seemed strange, really strange play calling. And you've got this weapon in Josh Allen, and these are the times where you've got to use him, especially when he's your best running back. This was a just win at all cost game, and um, we didn't do everything that we had in our uh, we didn't use everything that we had in our, our kit bag. Yeah, and when you look at these running backs that we've got, they've all got their problems. So I don't think we could trust any of them. You look at Breeder; no. he's historically had fumbles. He's had 
He obviously fumbled last night and has fumbled uh, in the season. Moss has vision issues. He's had fumble issues in the past, and he's pretty much an average athlete. We know that he gets stuck uh, behind the linemen and doesn't make good decisions. And Singleton fumbles and takes forever to get up to full speed. So I'm looking at this group and I'm thinking, why don't we try Antonio Williams? He's on the practice squad. He's a better athlete. He can run 4-4, um, so automatically so, he's a better option than Singletary. That's a really good Moss. shout. I mean, we've got three ineffective running backs right now. Oh, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> Just give him a try. We saw him against Miami at the end of last season, and he absolutely tore him up. Um, he's or got to bring be someone in from the street. You think of, yeah. you know, Devontae Freeman, who's now at the Ravens. We brought him in at the end of last season mm. on our practice squad. It's a little bit worrying that he's playing really well for the Ravens. Um and yet he couldn't even get off a of practice squad and play for us last season when we have the same problems. You know, these are continuous problems. They're nothing new to this season. You know, we've had the same problems uh, last season and have continued this season. So why not? You know, there's plenty of options in running back. There's so much depth. There's probably someone, like you think of the Titans and the injuries they've had. They brought in Dante Foreman and he's been serviceable for them. You know, he's you know, done okay for them, probably better than what Singletary and Moss have showed us. Or is this fundamentally more a coaching issue and a lack of interior talent? You know, I think it's a combination of all of these things. And I don't think it's going to get sorted um, this season. You know, they, they stress about how the run game needs to get better. But We've gone through how many games now? 12, 13 games. And yeah, there's no noticeable improvement. No sign of improvement. No. I think we've got to wait till the off season. I think we, we saw uh, Breeder so. look like we maybe we made some progress and then they didn't even use him. I mean, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think the other thing I find frustrating is that some other teams seem to be tripping over running backs. I mean, the Jags picked up what James Robinson what was he? He wasn't, he was an undrafted free agent, wasn't he? And, yeah. um, and he's been really good for them. And I just think how. How are we, we making such poor choices um, when seemingly we draft relatively well elsewhere? But running back, it just seems... I, I think this, this offseason is going to be a bit of a blow mm. it up on the offensive line mm. and the running back position. I think um, I think they'll, they'll... If you remember when they... Um, the second season at McDermott and they kind of brought in like 10 offensive linemen or something, you know, people yeah. off the street, you know, this when Spence, um, Quentin Spain came in, I think, when John Feliciano came in, um, and they just sort of tried to work out combinations that would work. I think they're pretty close to blowing up this offensive line again, and I think that there's nothing in the running back room that gives me... I mean, would anybody just shed a tear if we lo- if we if we changed all three running backs in the offseason? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think anybody's mm. going to care. Um, I don't... They, I don't know what the stats are, but I would guess that our three running backs are probably in the bottom third of all running backs in the NFL, um, mm. which is uh, pretty damning, honestly. And I looked into this. I, I um, put out a tweet uh, during the night, uh, during the game about this. But when you compare the value of the Patriots running backs and what they're able to get, mm. Damien Harris, he was a second round pick. Mondre Stevenson, he's a rookie, he's a fourth round pick. Uh, Brandon Bolden, who they used in the passing game, he is averaging about uh, just under two million uh, per season. He was a free agent. Uh, he was a UDFA drafted by Patriots in 2012. You think of like our running back room. We've used two three-round 
selections on Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Breeder is on a cheap contract, like minimum veteran type of contract. So they're like for like in terms of value, but you look at the groups and clearly the Patriots get so much more out of their running game than uh, we are able to. And that's not only the value in running backs. I'm just thinking about the Patriots O-line as well. It's really good they, line, isn't it? Really they do a really good job developing that line. I think they've only got one first round pick out of uh, that the five guys that they line up and that's um, Isaiah Wynn at their left tackle. Ted Karras, who's a left guard, he was a sixth round pick. Um, Trent Brown, who's there, you know, huge right tackle he was a third round pick you look at these guys I think David Andrews was got day two day three pick as well you know it's not just about you know they clearly do a better job job in terms of drafting and developing them you know we we look at the same you know uh, value Uh, Cody Ford he was a early second round pick Um, Spencer Brown third round pick and he's done a really good job. You know, can't really ask too much more of him. You know, we made Mitch Moss the highest paid centre at the time. Yeah. And the issues the yeah, guards. The guards Dion are Dawkins. really problematic for me. And I yeah. think that Moss, you know, he's good in pass protection, but he's not going to open up gaps for you. He's not going to push a 340-pound defensive tackle out of the way. It's just not his game. Uh, so if he's not able to do that, you need your guards to be doing that. And I think our guards are just too light. Um, you know, we saw that Feliciano lost weight. Uh, Daryl Williams moved in from side, uh, inside from tackle. Um, I don't. Know, I think they're going to blow. It, they're going to blow it up because there's. It's been. It's been a real problem this year, and it's it's holding this team back. Uh, that said, they weren't in pass protection. I don't think they were bad all, all night. I think that actually there were times when Josh had a huge amount of time to throw, and people just weren't getting open. And there was also times when I thought Josh was probably holding on to it too long and wasn't taking what was available and sort of just dinking and dunking and. A, I haven't seen him play against the Saints. I really thought that maybe we'd see a bit more of that, of him taking just what's available and just trying to you know, plot his way upfield. And still felt like he was going for the bigger plays. And on a, a night like last night where the weather was brutal at times, um, it was always going to be messy in the passing game. I don't know. It felt like he was not making some some great decisions. That was, you know, there were plenty of really good throws in there as well. Mm. Um and I think that Josh Allen was far from the biggest problem. <laughs> I think he was a symptom, if anything. But yeah, yeah it's frustrating. It's just, just, just frustrating. I think um, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do in the offseason. But I mean, this is not a Super Bowl team, is it? It's just not rounded enough, well-rounded enough. It's too easy to get out in the run on defense, and it's too uh, easy to defend against when we're trying to run. So our only option is to outscore people, and um, that makes us more predictable. Yeah, I said in our uh, season preview podcast episode we'd done uh, in August, September time that, you know, my biggest concern was being one dimensional offense and that hasn't changed. You know, we made minimal changes to the running game personnel in the off season. We opted for con- continuity and expecting improvements to a bad 2020 rushing attack, I think is extremely short sighted from Bean and McDermott. And they should be held accountable. They've done great things for this organisation. We wouldn't be where we are as an organisation if it wasn't for those two. But they still need to be held accountable for their mistakes. And that is a mistake that, you know, all they've done was they brought in Forrest Lamp, you know, as competition for a guard spot. And Matt Breeder uh, as a factor in the running. And he's looked okay at times. You know, clearly he's had games uh, in recent weeks. But you can't bank on those two fringe players to come in and, you know, make those leap 
leaps and strides that we all hoped uh, and wanted. You know, I, I trust ultimately that they'll make the right decisions moving forward. And I think you're right. They will blow it up and they will, um, you know, put this team back together, whether that's free agency or in a draft or a combination of both. Ultimately, you know, McDermott said, you know, they strive for being two-dimensional on offense and Buffalo, especially where we are, you know, in the country, you know, we we expect these cold weather conditions at home. Um, we need to have a good, reliable rushing attack. We can't continue to rely on Josh bailing us out. You know, he needs help. Clearly, he's on a big contract and you have to lean on him to a certain degree because he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But when you, know, you stand on, to... on, a, on a dome, you know, there's a lot of people saying, <laughs> I was this, get this is evidence yeah. that we need a dome. I know. Well, that's for prone pro-domers isn't it like I'm on the fence with it uh, to be fair I can see the benefits of both like you know clearly if we have a dome you know it's a better experience for the fans Josh Allen wants it a passing attack will be better but if we didn't have a dome then that's to our advantage as well we know what the conditions are like we wouldn't have a team you know a Florida California team coming to the Bills uh, in Buffalo, uh, December, January time, and um, experience that weather. I think personally that, you know, if we established a good, reliable rushing attack, you know, that could potentially be fixed in one season. So yeah. one off season. So that's, you know, it's short-sighted to say that, you know, having a dome will fix all our problems. You know, I think that the ideal solution would be to not have a dome or sorry, I think it would be useful to have a cover available to the bills, not a dome, not a permanent dome, um, you know, and have a good rushing attack. You know, at the end of the day, this narrative only exists because of how poorly we rushed for the, you know, our rushing attack yesterday uh, and has done this season. Yeah, and I think that when people see Josh Allen in a dome, they go, oh, he's, he's a really good passer and we want we want to see more of that and he looks so comfortable. And I think you're right, though. I, I agree with you, everything you said. I think it's short-sighted. Dude, whatever stadium we have is going to be there way beyond Josh Allen's tenure to the team, with the team. And I think that the um, the, the challenge is this, this, this front office has not built a team that is taking advantage mm-hmm. of the weather conditions in uh, Western New York. Um, but let's face it, it's not a million miles away. So although we're in doom and gloom mode today, probably one decent guard and an average running back fixes this problem <laughs> in one offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, if we got a good running back, then then it would be um, a really much more balanced team. And, you know, I think some people will have seen the fact that the salary cap indications have been floated now it's looking like 208 million i think for next year whereas i think a lot of people are expecting it down to be more like 198 so it's maybe 10 million ish higher than um, was expected which is good because we've got some people to pay but i wonder if that just opens up the opportunity for a trade as well for for somebody who's disenfranchised elsewhere um it's going to be it's been fascinating to see what they do in the off season but i think what we can say now is it's not a super bowl super bowl team this is not a well-rounded enough team to go and compete with the very best. Um, I think there's a very good chance we're going to lose to the Tampa Bay um, on Sunday. Um, and there's no shame in that. Tampa Bay are a very good team. And I think that what we didn't see last night, which was kind of hilarious, was anybody attacking our weaknesses at cornerback because, um, well, 
McCorkle, Mr. McCorkle, <laughs> he had what well, I think three attempts for two completions. Three attempts, two completions, yeah. A QBR of 4.3, which is even lower than Cam Newton's the other day. Um, I mean, they obviously had zero confidence in his ability to um, to pass the ball. And I think because the Bills got down early, again, this removed our chance of making them, forcing him to pass it and chase the game. Yeah. And um, I don't, I wouldn't have backed him at all to have, I mean, he walked out looking like the Michelin man. He had so much, so many layers on. And <laughs> I'm not surprised he couldn't pass the ball. I mean, he probably couldn't move. Um he looked like a little boy lost and he, he didn't have to do anything. He handed off. I could have played quarterback for the New England Patriots last night and probably <laughs> done almost as well. So, yeah. um, it, again, it comes back to us like, you know, walking in and playing to the opposition's play script. You know, the Bill, yeah. uh, the Patriots wanted to run. They wanted to run first. We knew that. And they were waiting for us to stop the run, um, completely shut it down to then move on to pop pass enough football but I didn't need to do it because we struggled to stop the run like we we were able to we got them to punt I think five or six times out of of the uh, nine drives that they had so we were able to get them off the field but the amount of time that they're able to take off the clock and the you know just the game script itself you know we're always behind that just helped the Patriots, you know, if we were found ourselves being ahead and we we're able to make those same plays and stop the run, then that would have forced them to throw the ball. You know, they didn't yeah. have to throw the ball because they were nope. in front and, you know, we struggled to, to stop the run and they're able to take a lot of time off the clock. That's what they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. we just played straight into the hands. Like, yeah. it was really disappointing. Like, you've touched on, like, the coaching and, you know, there was some inconsistency there and some head-scratching decisions. Like, we think about... Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie not being active, you know, he would have been perfect, not only to use as a potential weapon, but jet sweeps, use as a decoy, you know, why weren't we trying to get if, blockers out in space? If like we're not we going to pick him, jets? use Matt Breeder to do those things. I mean, yeah, I, I just it really, like you say, a real head scratcher. But as I said, there's a lot of crazy shit goes on in a game like that with, with ridiculous weather and, and, and blowing a um, you know, the flags off the top of the uprights, but you've just got to go and win the game. And the reality is the reason we didn't win the game is because we could not execute in the, in the red zone. And mm. um, I think some of that, I would say 60, 70% of that was down to play calling. Um, and uh, yeah, real head scratcher. Um, one of the things, maybe my sort of final point, because I feel like I could ramble and moan all, all evening, but um, we talked earlier about was the run defense a problem? And at times it really was. But what perhaps most people didn't notice, and it only kind of soundly spots it in the second quarter, is that Starla Tule wasn't playing very much. He looked to be on a snap count um, coming back uh, from, uh, from, from COVID. So that meant that um, Harrison Phillips took a lot of the load at one tech. And he I played well. He, he did at times, yeah. There was a few times where he got, you know, moved around a little bit. But generally speaking, I think, you look at the big picture, I thought you played pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I think that that hampered us more than most people realize. Everyone's saying, oh, okay, Star's back. We know we've got some run defense sorted out. Um, 
and yeah it didn't quite work out that way and I think we were a bit naive sometimes in some of our run fits and obviously that was that horror show early on touchdown where you know the <laughs> the Red Sea parted and uh and the guy ran straight past Micah Hyde and you know I won't hear any criticism of Micah Hyde I love the guy and I think he's, he's brilliant but um it was it was frustrating to see but what I will say is that they had an awful lot of three and outs. We forced them to punt an awful lot of times. And I, I think the defense overall deserves on a, on a, on a tough day, um, a lot more praise than they're getting. And I, I don't think they're a million miles away from, from being um, yeah, more effective against the run. I think once we see star back at you know, normal snap levels, we should see a, again, a more improvement still to come. And I think the worry that I now have is that the Brady's going to attack how we as a cornerback next Sunday. And um, it's kind of people forgetting about the fact we had Dane Jackson playing. He wasn't asked to really do very much. I think one or, one or two pass breakups, which were nice. But yeah, um, next time they could be very uncomfortable for completely different reasons. Mm. And I think they'll use the fact that, you know, they had an extra day's rest. And, you know, we were drained by end of a match because we were on the field a lot of the time. And, yeah. you could you tell know, that third quarter, they really looked tired, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think they'll use a combination of, you know, passing and runs. You know, they'll use Fournette in the running game and the passing game. Uh, really stretch the field, um, really keep us off balance. And it's going to be a really difficult game against the Buccaneers uh, and, and Brady. So, yeah, I don't have too much hope for that. Before the season, I'd predicted that us to lose that matchup. So I don't think anything's changed from that aspect. I'm just... I think we're always like Bills Mafia, Bills fans, just trying to pick up the pieces and try and process all of this and re- really try and understand like who the true Bills are, you know. So I still don't know, think think we completely know. We've not seen them, um, have we? We've not, no. not seen them put, I mean, you made this point, I think, uh, yeah. last week. We haven't seen yep. a complete performance yet. No. And we still have Not on offence. Again, I said, yeah. this is pre-2020 where we're relying on the defence to keep us in yeah. games. And and we did yesterday, you know, kept them to field goals and, you know, uh, you know, uh, getting them off on downs and that kind of thing, um, getting them to punt. And, yeah, I, I feel like we're heavily reliant on this defence against this defence has been the most consistent unit yeah. uh, of the team. So I mean, look, we, we let them, they got 14 points. That's a pretty good day for most defences, isn't it? Um, I'm not going to yeah. be up on the defence. Yes, they made mistakes. Yes, it wasn't perfect. Yes, we saw some familiar issues, but that was not the reason we lost that game. Um, just, so it, you know, one point on Bill's Mafia, and I think you're right, which is, there is a bit of an overreaction, a bit of a meltdown. I look at it two ways. Firstly, is that Bills Mafia really cares about this team. We love that team. Uh, we know what it can be when it's on its A game. And so I think part of it is the fact that Bills Mafia just cares a huge amount about this team and whether it wins and it, it feels it deeply, perhaps a bit more than other fan bases because it is such a fervent and passionate fan base Um and I put it right up there amongst all fan bases worldwide in any sport. And the second thing is we also know what this can be when it clicks and we know how good they can be. Uh, we've seen it in flashes, but not consistently. So we have this expectation of it's going to click. At some point it's going to click. <laughs> Obviously not, last night was never going to click on the, the day like, last night, on the night like that, but um, I think it's got to have to click against the Panthers. It's going to have to click again against the Jets and it's going to have to click in Foxborough against uh, the Patriots. So here's, here's my final point, and a moment, more of a question. Having watched what you've just watched, 
do you are you optimistic in any way of the Bills beating the Patriots in Foxborough? I think so. Um, I still have some optimism there. Um, it depends on the weather and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> it can't be you like know, that again. That game. You never know. It's, it's Boston. You know, well, at least, least be... Foxborough is a little more. It's, it's a bit more of a bowl, isn't it? A bit more protected, I suppose. You. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Well, I don't know what to call it. I think so. I I'm think when you've got Josh... high mark, but it, it, it's very, it's very flat. It's very sort of open at both ends, isn't it? And I think yeah. that the wind does swirl a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and and New England weather can be brutal, but I think Buffalo's on average is a bit worse. Uh, I think you know we thrive going to other people's grounds, and I think whenever you have Josh Allen as a quarterback, you've always got to give yourself a chance. You know, just for that alone, I feel optimistic that we could go into Foxborough and win. Where would you, you set know? the line right now? Um. Like who's favourite for that? Well, yeah. Well, would you? I mean, I'm I'm thinking Patriots by four points, four and a half. That's probably where I would set the line. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more maybe by six. I don't think it's quite a touchdown, but it really depends. There's still a lot of games to play. You know, we've got the Buccaneers and the Panthers before we play Patriots. They luckily have a bye and then they've got the Colts at Lucas Oil which will be a yeah. really tough game for those guys we need guys. the Colts to win that don't we yeah um, uh, we're quite fortunate that they're chasing their division so it's going to get messy in got... the AFC though I mean there's so many teams so close I mean this is this is why that game was so crucial it feels like we could we could even miss out on the playoffs here um, if, if things don't go our way I mean we yes we're saying we want the Colts to win but Patriots could be two games ahead of us um, and or two and a half games ahead of us, and the cult we might be compete with the Colts for a wild card spot. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, I don't know. Is this next few weeks is going to be really bizarre? Um, and then we're gonna have a lot of split loyalties, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting few weeks. Um, but where do you think, like, where, where do you see the Bills like being by end of the season, based on what we've seen so far? We've only got how many games? Six games left. Yeah, go. I think I think it's really difficult because this team is a bit of a Jack on Hyde team. We know that the potential that's in there, they can beat anybody on their day, but we've consistently seen them not do that, um, not adapt to adversity. Um, I don't really see how and why they would suddenly get it all going now, given the fact they haven't really been able to get it to click all season. Um, that said... I think that we'll probably lose against the uh, the, the Bucks on Sunday, and as most of us most of us uh, most of us predicted that at the start of the season, so there's no shame in that. But it does put us up against the you know, behind the eight ball in terms of securing a wild card spot. I actually think we'll beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, I think wow. we saw enough of the recipe there. I think on a normal day, Josh playing normal doing normal Josh stuff um, I think we can I think there's a there's a recipe to go and beat them um, I think we learned we've learned a lot about their run game um, but and I don't think that Mac Jones is the sort of guy who's going to be able to pick us apart pick our secondary apart you know you I mean he throws a lot of stuff relatively short um, and I think they're going to be fired up and they're going to want to take it to him I don't think that's necessarily going to be enough to go and win the division but um this, this season's been so wild 
I think the Patriots will be confident. And um, I don't know, I just got a sneaky feeling that we go and do them in their house. I don't think these two teams are massively, there's no a big gap. I mean, it was four points and probably the Bills should have won by, I don't know, uh, a touchdown, I would say. I'd say if, if they'd have just executed a little bit better, they would have won by a touchdown. Um, so I don't think there's a huge amount between these teams. And I think that the Bills are going to have a fire in their belly when they play them. Hopefully the Carolina Panthers game is a bit of a get right game. They get a bit of rhythm back. Um, they used to be playing in some nicer weather <laughs> in Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I think they go in all guns blazing because they have to, you know, they're going to have to go in all guns blazing and they're not going to have an awful lot to lose at that point. So um, yeah. I think it'll be throw the kitchen sink at them and just see what happens. Mm. One last point that I've got. Um, my biggest concern, actually, out of all of this, which <laughs> clearly has a lot of huge concerns, <laughs> including that rushing attack, <laughs> but it's more actually post-game. And it's not necessarily the Hyde and Poyer conference and the comments that they had and the chirpiness they had surrounding mm. uh, the comments about the run defence being embarrassing, which I don't agree with. Clearly, um, you know, they weren't happy with those comments. It was more about McDermott and what he said about uh, the return situation with Stevenson McKenzie, making them inactive because he didn't trust them for this game. Yeah. Um, we know from experience McDermott, we've all kind of teased him for being notoriously lukewarm, right down the middle kind of guy in press conferences. Doesn't give him anything yeah. away. So even if that's like, that, that's just completely out of character for him, first of all. But even yeah, if that is... stable under the bus a little bit as well. Still... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if that's your opinion about making Stevenson and McKenzie inactive, why do you have to feel the need to broadcast that publicly like that? Because... Yeah. I agree. He could have simply said Breeder and um, Micah Hyde have got more experience in, in fielding punts and kicks. In this exactly. Way. That's all he needs to say. Yeah. Um, but and he obviously, took the approach to criticise them indirectly. He was pissed publicly. off, wasn't he? I mean, he was pissed off in the, it was the first second quarter when he was doing his best um, angry elf impression on the sidelines um, <laughs> you know with his hat just above his ears and he was bouncing up and down going pink in the face I liked seeing that from off. him though you know because that was understandable the delay of game wasn't it it can work two ways I mean as a player you can look over and say oh no our coach is losing his shit and, and that can that can um, create the wrong reaction in the player or it can oh our coach is really fired up and we're going to do it for them so I, mm. I don't know um, it it, it it doesn't always, what I want is someone who's calm, who's looking at the situation, who's making good decisions. And I did not think that Sean McDermott made good decisions last night. Mm. Um, he didn't throw himself under the bus from what I saw um, in terms of the post game. Because as I'm sure we'll hear that, you know, I need to do better. It starts with me or the usual, you know, uh, whatever you want to want to call those yeah. cliches he wants to throw out. Um, mm. I typically don't watch a McDermott press conference because I learn absolutely nothing. But you're right, he did... He did come out firing, and it was, it was unnecessary to throw McKenzie and Stevenson out, out like that. And it was, I think, Just... it, putting putting Dable on 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 fireball was a bit surprising. Yeah, yeah. I just my biggest concern, just out of all of that, I think that highlights that. Uh, you know, everything is clearly, you know, after, after losing five games, things aren't right. You know, things aren't perfect. Clearly are things that need to be worked on. But it just goes to show that maybe this group isn't in harmony and there's some tension there that, you know, there's things bubbling up. Um, 
you know, within that locker room that, you know, we're not able to see. But it just, it's just out of character for McDermott to do that. Yeah. And I, you know, I just think, well, that's not going to make things better. That's just going to make things worse. And I can't believe he hasn't given him a rocket in privately. Um, here's my yeah. take. My take was the defense, that McDermott's underlying feeling was the defense did enough. And this is all in the offense. And, you know, we know he's more of a defensive-minded guy, but... Um, he, and he, well, Dable didn't have an awful lot of legs to stand on there, did he? I mean, 10 points, what, trips to red zone that we couldn't execute. Again, same common problems with the wrong game. Um, he deserves a, a rocket, but I can't believe he hasn't said it to him privately. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the players are the, who the players are. We now need to work around the problems rather than trying to fix it, which we can say as much as we like, well, we need to fix the run game. We need to get the run game going. They are the players. Um this is now scheme decisions and working around the weaknesses. Um, we're not seeing any development, as you said, from any of these running backs. And the one, the one, the guy that seemed to be half decent been Matt Breed in the last couple of games, we didn't even play well use. Um, and that felt petty for me, McDermott. You know, obviously benched him on the basis of that fumble, but mm. you have to, you know, I'm just going to focus on winning the game. Like you can go and have your arguments, but he just does this time and time again. I think it must just kill a player's confidence as well. You know, right? one mistake and you're out. Well, everybody was making mistakes last night, yeah, um, including McDermott. He had a fairly large long list. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, think I'm done. To... I think I'm done. Should we quickly get <laughs> to our bets? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened, but the betting markets for me just went completely to pot yesterday, and it was massively restricted markets. So I only actually ended up placing two. I placed. Um, I thought the Bills would beat the spread. I, think they were, I got them at two and a half, um, and I. Let's face it, they should have beaten the spread. You know, one execution on, on uh, of a touchdown on one of those last two drives would have been enough. Um, but obviously, I lost that one. But I did go for the unders or unders on Josh Allen throwing yards, which I think the line was about 235, something like that. Which And it was dropping quite fast on other sites, I saw, as the wind, people were sort of showing displays of the wind. So I, I jumped on that and won that one. So one, one, lost one. What, what about you? Yeah, it was really poor for me. <laughs> Again, for some reason, I was thinking, you know, last game, Secretary showed that he was the main running back that they were using. And I thought with the weather conditions that there'd be more passes to the running backs. And I thought the receptions line was two and a half and the yards was 15 and a half. And I went for the yards just because, as I said, I thought that, you know, he could get a couple of receptions. He gets usually just below 10 yards per carry. Uh, so per, per catch uh, on, the, on his reception. So I thought, well, if he has two and he gets that average, then that'll be a win. So I was quite confident on that, but I don't know if he got any targets. So he wasn't really seen on the field other than when he actually rushed the ball. So that one lost. Um, Josh Allen, uh, rushing yards over. I nearly won that one, but I was just off. So it was annoying. I was um, going to submit my bet, but the line changed from 39.5 to 41.5. I still took him because I thought two yards, you know, is that going to make a huge difference? And it didn't. It was just on, I think it was about 38 yards that Josh Allen got or 39 on the dot. So that wouldn't have made a difference anyway. So that was really close. And I'm surprised in the first half, especially, I don't think he actually run the ball. Maybe he did once. He, he, I think five of his six rushes came all in the second half. You know, that really mm. nice um, rush, uh, rushing attempt of about 20 yards. And I thought, oh, here we go. You know, this is looking good. 
as as long as you know we keep doing that. But he only rushed the ball six times, so I would really have disappointing. For, I mean, I don't want the weather. I would have looked at the line for Josh Allen carries, and I would have looked at the line for um, Matt Breeder. I usually set a six and a half. Yeah. Uh, he's rushing it, and I would have, so. and I would have jumped on that, and I would have been wrong, but I would have, jumped yeah, on and I would have jumped on and over on Matt Breeder receptions because I felt that they would use him in the sort of short passing game, yeah, options. They didn't, um, which was bizarre. As I said, we talked about the strange game plan, but yeah, it's again hard nearly... to bet, bet on them because the game plans are unexpected and they're also not working. So yeah. it's getting more challenging to find um, opportunities. I nearly got on the Zach Moss train again because before the inactives were announced, he was about 12 to one anytime touchdown. And I thought, well, you know, with Reggie Gilliam, uh, his ankle injury, I thought, you know, he could be an inactive. That could mean that Zach Moss finds a way to to play. And yeah, he's 12 to one at the time. And obviously he didn't score a touchdown in the end. Um, but he um, nearly did. We talked about it when on that first goal. If he took that wide, he would have had a touchdown then. But I didn't. I, I, I had my um, pre-game nap, and I woke up about half an hour after the inactives were announced. And obviously, when he was made active, I, I had a look, and he it went down from twelve to one anytime touchdown to eleven to four. So I was like, oh well, because of that, I'm not going to. The window. I, I missed the window. Um, so clearly I would have lost anyway, yeah. but nearly could have happened again just by the fact that they just assumed that he was inactive. So it's worth looking out for that. Like if next week and week or, you know, the week after for whatever reason he's made inactive just because, you know, they wanted to bench him. Um, always consider the fact that, you know, they might bring him back up and, you know, just look out for that. Because uh, obviously I paid dividends for me uh, in, in that Dolphins game in week two. Uh, but since, yeah, I've, I've just had a terrible luck, like a terrible patch of betting. Like It's weird, isn't it? I think somehow we've jinxed it by doing this podcast because we were doing these bets before the podcast existed, before <laughs> we, we started that. And yeah, every week we're having more wins and losses. I know I ended up with quite a good profit based on you know how much we, we put down like, in terms of our stakes and stuff. And I know you had success as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Especially on uh, Diggs receptions. Um, yeah, that was, that was a banker, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Should we uh, call it a day then? I think. Um, I, I think so. Therapy. I think uh, there's only so yeah. much uh, hand wringing we can do. Uh, do you so... feel better for that? Like, do you feel better no. for talking through? No, I, I don't. I really. feel like I could keep talking about this stuff. I feel like I feel like we're going to lose again on Sunday, and <laughs> it's just one of these seasons oh, that seems God. to be spiraling slowly downwards. I mean, the page, uh, the books could be licking their lips. I would imagine. I mean, if, let, if let, you... let's face it though. All yeah, right. The optimistic scenario here. Imagine they go down to Tampa and beat Brady. Bills Mafia are going to be bouncing. We then go and beat the Panthers, and then we wade into Foxborough with our sort of tails, um, you know, no longer between our legs, and think, let's go and give it a go. We win these next three games. The picture is going to look very, very different. Um, now, I'm not saying it's likely, <laughs> but it's not impossible. This team still has the talent to go do that. I don't think it's going to happen. In fact, I think they're going to lose in Tampa, but I think they might win the next two. Um, but, you know, it's not it's just fine margins, these games. And let's face it, some of these good teams have lost against teams far worse than the Bills this year. So um, I'm not I'm completely devoid of all optimism, but no, I don't feel a lot better. 
<laughs> I was going to say, um, I like the fact that you, you've got a glass half full approach. But if you think about oh, this this upcoming game, if we lose and we go seven to six and we then, you know, lose. Because currently we're the seventh seed, aren't we? So we're just about clinging on to Literally. a wildcard yes. spot. So I'm sure that if we lost against the Bucks, then we'll be out, be out of that. And then yeah. we think that, you know, the, the uh, tensions uh, on social media is bad enough after last night. And let's you face know, it, this doesn't look like uh, a team that's set up for a deep playoff run anyway. So, you I mean, know, we no. get some postseason, we're probably going to get knocked out in the wild card round if we play like we yeah, we have been. So, um, as bad as it sounds, clearly we want to get, in, you know, we want to be in that competition at the end of the season. That's what everyone's, you know, strives to achieve in the NFL. Um, unless you're the Jets. But um, if, you know, I'm <laughs> quite looking... F- all the Texans. Uh, but I'm quite looking forward to a prospect of having a fairly decent draft. Yeah, I knew pick. you were going to say this. You want... <laughs> because I'm a draft guy. We're both draft guys. I can't wait to you just be studying be... a film and thinking, oh, well, you know, if we have a 15th, 16th selection and we miss out on the playoffs, <laughs> I'm thinking, we could get that guy. That guy might drop to us. You know, we trade down. You know, we get the same type of player that we did in Greg Rousseau at the end of the first round and we pick up one or two day two picks. I'm thinking, cha-ching, you know. You can't just draft, always trade draft. today for tomorrow. We're not no. tanking. No, uh, I know. Just... Uh, <laughs> I, knew I, gonna, I knew you were going to go there. Or drop, you know what I'm like. Draft guy. There's another third of the season left yet. Um, I'm not, I'm, I cannot go there. Um, where we, I would much rather we went deep in the playoffs and had a really, uh, really low. Of course, uh, and I certainly hope for that. But just from a draft <laughs> perspective, I'm thinking, yeah, we could get some good players potentially. If we I mean, do you think thing. the Jets fans go, you know what, brilliant, we're tanking again? We're just thinking how good that draft pick's going to be. <laughs> Are they hell as like? They just want to watch that team win games. Well, you know, <laughs> I think that if your organization was well won and uh, run and you're able to, you know, actually make decent selections and i think you'd you'd welcome that every now and then maybe you know if your quarterback gets injured or something happens then you'd be like okay well we can have a season to reset and you know make some good selections and you know set set us up for the future but you know and with the bills with our with with our draft selection history under bean it's been pretty solid so I feel like, you know, we got Tremaine Edmonds at pick 16, you know, and I know that, especially last night, we we didn't really talk about him, but he had his problems with over committing on, you know, um, stopping the run and, you know, he he missed his, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't do a good job uh, last night, but I'm just thinking, yeah, it, uh, it could be fun in April when we come to a draft and we've got a half decent pick this time. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, let's not let's not hope for that. Let's hope for uh, the fact that you know we find, somehow find a way into a wild card. And you know, I was thinking with how the the seedings are now, we'd have to go back to Foxborough again. So I wouldn't enjoy that <laughs> that prospect. Would you? All right, no, I'm, no, I'm can't even think about it. I just want to, I just want to get this next. Uh, you know, I just I want to get this game out of my head. It was so ugly. Anyway, hey, I'm done. I think we're done. This, this group therapy, in other words, will be 
looking for the Xanax or whatever. All right, well, um, thank you for joining this, uh, this session of uh, Charlie and Tim's group therapy. Uh, yet again, uh, commiserating over a, a bad Bill's loss. Um, please do get in touch if you want to, uh, if you want to also join in with the misery. Uh, we are Bills from Afar on Twitter, Bills from Afar at gmail.com on email. You can get in touch with us individually. I'm Charlie underscore sport and he is Tim Rudge 90. Um, and we will be back on Friday with a preview of the uh, of the matchup against uh, the uh, Super Bowl champions. You sound thrilled <laughs> by the prospect. Doesn't get any easier, does preview. it? <laughs> no. I'm actually the world now. I'm worried. I'm worried. Worried about playing against Vita Vea. And I know you love him. I love him. I think he's a great yeah. player. That, that worries me. Oh God, um, I didn't thought about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so join us on Friday for some, uh, well, we'll see if we can find some optimism and um, reasons to be cheerful. Um, we have Maybe each we should other bring a guest else. on so we can bring someone idea. else in to try yeah. and lift us up. Yeah, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a ridiculously optimistic um, Bill's Mafia member from afar, then let us know and you're, you're welcome to come and join us and see if you yeah. can uh, yeah, show some, inject some positivity into us. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, until Friday, uh, go Bill's. Go Bills.